I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com in Provo, Utah. LaBelle Edwards Stadium, high above the field where Washington defeated BYU 45-19. to Absolutely picture-perfect day. The stat sheet says it was 61 degrees at kickoff. I'm guessing it was a little warmer than that on the field because uh, the sun was just right on the field the whole day. So just a real pleasant day at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And it sits, you've been here before, Chris, it sits right at the bottom of the mountain and uh, just a real picturesque setting. Announced attendance, 62,117. And I've mentioned this before and we were cracking up on the sidelines. There's actually more seats in the end zone than there are between the goal line. It's a weird stadium. And just looking down at the stadium, they have the old school helmet logo at midfield and then the BYU in the diamonds in blue in each one of the end zones up in the press box they had old school press box reporter hats for us they were playing 80s music beforehand they were playing the Ramones Chris they were playing the Ramones you know before the uh, game so uh, good atmosphere good crowd they're passionate about football here and you couldn't have asked for a better win they played really really well just one more thing game kickoff it was 136 mountain time ended 446 a three hour and 10 minute game uh real nice win by washington absolutely i i thought it was a great win by washington the field looked great didn't look like there was any issues with footing or anything like that washington didn't seem like they wore down very much um they got you know they got uh after the quarterback Zach Wilson a little bit and and you know used their subs and their depth and everything on the defensive side of the ball offensively they made big plays Jacob Eason other than that one bad throw uh, that was the interception you, you know looked almost perfect he was dialed in all day Aaron Fuller gets a great uh, punt return for a touchdown I mean I don't think you could ask for very much more especially on the road 21 points in the first quarter going to be tough to lose when you do that by the way you talk about the field absolutely perfect playing conditions we talked to the BYU guy last week and he said when he was on the field against USC he goes hey they haven't mowed the lawn in a while so I was kind of expecting to see some long strands of grass down there but um, you couldn't have asked for better playing uh, conditions than what you saw today but Chris scoring 21 points the offense just looked unstoppable in the first quarter well, yeah, when you get off to the start that they did, when you march right down the field and score and um, for Jacob Eason to find Richard Newton in the corner like that on a bit of a scramble, just showing off his arm talent once again, just, you know, it's becoming almost ho-hum at this point, um, you know, throwing across his body and uh, making that throw look incredibly easy. And then for Richard Newton, who's a 215-pound running back, to, to you know basically act the part of a receiver, keeping his feet in bounds and having the, the recognition was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal start. So they they showed that they could run the ball a little bit. That they mixed in the passes. Guys like Aaron Fuller were getting off to a quick start early. Hunter Bryant, and then you uh, you get that touchdown. You you know because the red zone was the one thing that we were all kind of wondering how was it going to be once they got down in there, and for them to start off that way was really strong. Yeah, interesting stat. You know. Um that I heard on the BYU broadcast through um, the first four games, Washington's only punted seven times, seven times in four games, which is really good. But, you know, uh, Todd McShay was down on the sidelines and he's been one opponent saying that, you know, Jacob Eason's probably going to go to the NFL. I don't think Jacob left any doubts today. Uh, I thought he looked fabulous. I think he's looked as good as he looked. And um, I actually ran into um, Jacob's dad, Tony, and uh, after the game, and I said, Hey, he looked good. He goes, 
Yeah, until he got greedy, so I kind of laughed. So uh, Jacob got a little greedy on the one on the interception, but other than that, boy, you couldn't ask for a better game from a quarterback. No, yeah, I, I've, oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say real quick, Scott, that you know when you're up and it's, I don't remember if it was forty-five twelve at that point or forty-five fifteen or forty-five nineteen, but you know at that point, I I can excuse an idea of maybe getting a little greedier when you can, and I know Peterson. Brought it up during the post, you know, the post game press conference, talking about how, you know, that was probably the one decision that you'd certainly want to question at that point. But you know, for everything that he had done up to that game, and again, twenty four of twenty eight, and that includes the pick. You know, it, it's just uh, it's remarkable how well he's played. And and I think, to be honest with you, the story of the day should not obviously be that pick. It should just be how patient he was during the first half really taking what BYU was giving them. You know, they were only rushing three. They were sitting back, and and Easton just picked them apart. I mean, it's just plain and simple. The stats just back it up. Uh, the, the one the one throw I wanted – we don't have to talk too much about it, but that throw to Aaron Fuller on that – I don't know, was it a slant? Whatever it was. Oh, my gosh. That, 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 that thing got there so quick. And the BYU guy had no shot, and you could see it. They showed it from the end zone on the replay and he just got it right over the middle linebacker and right in between the safety and the corner it was a perfect throw Ellen F- Aaron Fuller goes up makes a great catch uh, knows he's going to get hit still hangs on to it and uh, it was you know when I saw that play that's when I said all right he's dialed in this is about as good as it gets from a Husky quarterback on the completion I don't know if you guys remember this but the completion to Kate Otten Aaron Fuller was, uh, he didn't have anybody within 20 yards, <laughs> waving his hands frantically. And yeah, Easton just decided to throw it to Kate Otten, which they get down, you know, inside the five and, uh, yeah, winds up with a disaster down there. But, you know, we, I hear a lot of things on the sidelines prior to the games. And the two things I'd heard was, you know, I got a text from, you know, Chris, you know, people saying that um, Hunter Bryant was dinged up with severely limping coming off the bus. But now Hunter Bryant looks fine. And then we started hearing um, uh, about um, uh, Savan. Savan. I had somebody just walk in here. Sorry. Savan Ahmed. Uh, first of all, I heard that the running back group was banged up. And then I didn't see Savan out there. And then uh, I talked to somebody and they said, yeah, he's, he didn't practice. Well, what they said was they asked somebody about Savan because he wasn't at practice. And he said, well, Savan's in class. And he goes, class hasn't started yet. And the guy walked away. So you knew something was up there, but he didn't make the trip. Um, he's hurt. Pete said post game that he heard it uh, before the previous game. So he heard it in the Cal game. He played last week, hurt. When asked if he'd be back next week, Pete gave us that right grin and said yes. And the week after that, and the week after that, but who knows? I mean, you know, Pete. So, uh, but I thought that uh, did they miss Savon Ahmed today? Sure didn't look like it. No, I thought Sean McGrew had a great game, 110 yards rushing on, what was it, 18 carries. Uh, Richard Newton, other than his fumble, looked outstanding running the ball. Always seems to fall forward. Sean McGrew powering ahead several times, too. Was just really impressed with the way both of those guys ran. You know, and and if if you can get Savon Ahmed healthy and get him out in space with those two guys kind of pounding between the tackles, I think you could have something really special in Washington's running game. I was going to say real quick, Kim, that if if you can if you can already say before the game that Washington's running backs are going to go 34, 35 times for basically 200 yards, 
I would think Washington fans would take that every single time, and that's basically what they got today. Scott, tell me about Sean McGrew, yards after contact today. Well, I, you know, he definitely had a lot of yards after contact. I don't know how many it was, but uh, I, I would say it was probably in the 30 to 40 yard range, you know, after he got hit uh, the first time. Definitely powered through a couple tackles, uh, also put his head down and got a couple first downs that were key first downs to keep drives going and move and keep the chains moving. So, um, just honestly, that was not the guy I saw when he played in high school. So it seems like his mentality has really kind of taken a turn in a very positive direction for the Huskies. Also, um, you know, tell me a little bit about how I, you were one early on who hated the Wildcat. How do you, how do you feel about the Wildcat with Richard Newton? Uh, still hate it, but if it's working for the Huskies, which it did under Miles Gaskin and it has under Richard Newton, then go for it. You know, do yeah. what you need to do. I am just a pure, hey, if if you have to have that kind of trickery, I guess that's what you have to have. But I, I just, I'm a, I'm an IBAC guy, and I'm that means I'm a dinosaur uh, when it comes to doing stuff. So it you is what full, it is. You want a fullback in there? Uh, well, they had one. Yeah, I saw Jack Westover in there a couple times as a fullback today (laughs) but uh as well as i think the offense played um boy the defense it just seemed really soft today um it just seemed like uh byu could have their way at times and you know third down even though the stats are a little bit deceiving byu is only three of 13 on third down but it sure seemed like a lot more than that kim i was gonna say you know real quick that you know, when you look at the way the defense played, there might have been some bend but don't break tendencies there. But yeah. honestly, if you look at Zach Wilson's stats, for instance, I really honestly think their their mentality going into this game was we are not going to let Zach Wilson beat us, especially with his legs. And if you look at his rushing stats, he ran six times for negative 14 yards when you include the sacks. His long run was five yards. I would never have predicted that going into the game. I really thought Zach, when they talk about it, they talked about him being the, the Mormon Manziel. And that is not that was not a Johnny Manziel performance. He, he actually may have thrown the ball a little bit better than Manziel might have on a daily thing, but certainly was not a threat with his feet at all. And I think part of the reason was is because Washington was going to take that away from him. And he was going to have to sit in the pocket and he was going to have to try to find guys. And he did. And, and, and here's the thing. You look at a guy like Matt Bushman. You know he gets six. He gets six receptions for eighty-nine yards. Matt Bushman's a heck of a good player. He had a couple really, really good plays last year in Seattle. Obviously a lopsided game, but you know they have decent players. And you know, you know, Keith Taylor struggled with him a little bit, but Elijah Molden kind of corralled him a little bit more in the second half. They had some guys that can do some damage, but I think Washington really contained them and allowed them maybe some other guys to try to step up a little bit. But there's no way those other guys were going to do any kind of damage compared to what Zach Wilson had already put out on tape. Well, how much of that had to do with them losing their workhorse? They lost Tyson Williams in the first half. And, boy, you could sure tell the difference when when that guy's in there. It was a different ballgame. No, that was massive. I mean, he was averaging uh, almost like 4.7, 4.8 yards of carry uh, in the first half. But then he goes out. And now all of a sudden they've got to rely on the on Exupa, and he and he's just not the same kind of guy at all. He had a, he had a couple nice carries, don't get me wrong, but he he is not the every down kind of back that Tyson Williams is, and so I think that was a big 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 loss for them. 
Also, uh, Scott, another start for uh, Trent McDuffie today. Yeah, um, i very impressed with the way Trent McDuffie's kind of handling himself out there. Gets that hit in the, what, second play of the of the second half and gets the fumble, you know, forces the fumble and then recovers it. And um, I thought he was solid in coverage most of the day. Uh, still still has a lot of work to do on his technique and, and just reading things, but I think that he's coming along. And honestly, I have a, li- a lot more faith in him in coverage than I do Kyler Gordon at this point. And then um, Joe Tryon. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that, that just looked – boy, that's just – Tough. tough. Yeah, the the way the way I looked at it is, uh, I I agree with everybody who thinks it was a bad call by the referees. Um, and 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 the one thing I'll say is the two replays that they showed. I know he didn't hit him with the crown of his head, but the way the replays looked, it looked like he ducked his head and and hit him right in the face mask with the crown of his helmet. I know that isn't what happened, but that's what it looked like, and I think that's what they're going by. I. I've never liked the rule, but I understand why it's in there. I just wish it wasn't as, oh, I don't know, capricious, oh, I don't know. I, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I thought, and see, I think the penalty should have been called on Zach Wilson because his face hit Joe Tryon in the head. Oh uh, so. yeah. Okay. Well, you're trying to be funny there, Kim. That's funny. Yeah, I get it. Here, here's the, but here's the issue that I find. To me, this is why I think when it comes to targeting, they need to have some sort of tiered approach or something that differentiates that kind of a play from a flat-out malicious spearing type play where you know you you leave your you leave the ground you're clearly leading with the crown of your helmet you're going right after the guy's head i mean to me joe tryon didn't do any of those things and the hardest part about all this is is now he misses the first half of the usc game and i and there's no appeal or anything so they're kind of hosed on that and I just I just find that okay if you want to find if you want to get a, if that's a 15 yard penalty then give it then give it 15 yards. There is absolutely no way that kid should be ejected for that shot. It's just it, I'm sorry but there's nothing that was malicious or intentional about that kind of hit. I just don't I just don't get it at all. Did it look to you guys like Keith Taylor struggled a little bit today? He did. But I think the thing is, is that again, going up against Matt Bushman, a heck of a good player, and yeah. Keith Taylor is also a very good player. But this, the thing is, when you're playing a guy like Matt Bushman, you've got to be precise. You've got to be really focused in, and when you look back for the ball, you've got to be right on it. And the thing is, is if you get turned around just a little bit, they're going to make you pay. And and but you know what? He really did on balance. He made things look a lot harder than they needed to be. Like. The play in the end zone at the very oh. end on their last score. He doesn't even need to jump. He just needs to run right through the right through it and just catch it and it's and, and you're good and it's and the game's gonna be over. And yet the and you know what? Maybe it's just a bad unlucky day for him. Because how does that ball end up going through his hands, hit his knee or whatever it did? His foot, yeah. Yeah, and goes yeah. right to the BYU guy for six. I mean you know, when it rains, it pours, right? And so I think you just got to chalk it up if your Keith Taylor is just like, you know what? Just one of those days where it just wasn't working right for me, but I'll clean it up and I'll come back against USC and I'll show everyone what I can do. Just taking a quick look down the stat sheet, some stats to jump out. Net yards rushing, Washington with 187, BYU with a net 79. 
net yards passing. Washington with 290, BYU with 277 total yards. Washington 477, BYU 356. Penalties, big part of the game in the first quarter, even though the game was in hand. Washington with 10 penalties, but eight of those were in the first half. Uh, and then BYU with nine penalties. Uh, time of possession, Washington won the time of possession 34 to 30, but largely that's because of the fourth quarter. Washington had the ball 12 minutes and eight seconds in the um uh, fourth quarter, BYU only 252. Third down conversion, Washington did a nice job on that, 6 of 10. BYU 3 of 13. Um, red zone chances, Washington 4 of, fit, four of 5, um, and three of those were touchdowns. The one that was missed was the fake field goal, and we could talk about that um, as well. But Washington had a good day in the red zone. Uh, Individual stats, Sean McGrew, 18 carries for 110 yards. Richard Newton, 16 carries for 80 yards with a long of 13. Jacob Eason, uh, boy, other than the one bad throw on the interception where you know, his dad said he was getting a little greedy, 24 of 28 for 290 with three touchdowns. Uh, and one more key stack on Jake, Jacob Eason. He wasn't sacked at all today. Aaron Fuller, uh, eight receptions for 91 yards of touchdowns. Andre Paselia, four catches for 72 yards of touchdown, along of 35. Hunter Bryant with four for 49. Kate Ott for three at 36. So um, defensive stats, the only one that really jumps out. Miles um, Bryant led the team with nine tackles, a bunch of guys with four uh, sacks. Benning Patoye, uh, one sack. And Ryan Bowman with a sack that led to a fumble. And uh, Ace Turner had an interception, first interception in his career. Okay. It was at the end of the game. I must yep. have been watching Yeah, yep. um, it was. It was uh, BYU's last possession. Yeah, the, the receiver slipped, but Turner had a beat on the ball the whole way and uh, made a nice grab where he was able to keep actually both of his feet in bounds. Looked like a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did definitely look like a receiver on that one. Yeah, just participation, just something, a couple things to jump out. Uh, um, Tupal, uh, Tupatala Fatui uh, had participation. Um, other than that, I'm not seeing any other freshman other than Asa Turner uh, on oh, participation no. for right now. No, Tupatala Fatui is a retro freshman, Kim. Yeah. Oh, okay. Le- I thought it was a Leatu Latu played yeah, Latu quite played. a bit. Right. He, he actually played quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and- so well, and Trent so, McDuffie and Cam Williams; those and, are the other ones. Yeah, and Asa Turner, as we and talked Asa about. Turner, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Peterson not happy at all with the fake field goal, and I was told that you know some people that were at practice this week is that something that they were working on hard, but that was not the call, and it was a miscommunication. Pete was saying that's on him, but boy, cause it was kind of a sore subject with him. You could tell he wasn't happy about that. But see, here's the thing about that play: it was available, and if Devin Colt makes a block. We're not even talking. We're talking about what a great call that was. We're talking about how they just caught caught BYU with their pants down because you, if you look at it, they got they had three blockers for two guys, and all they had to do was just straight just bum rush them and just take them out, and then race Porter can waltz into the end zone. But you know, so they had the they right. had the numbers that they wanted. Is race Porter the only one who thought it was a fake though? I have no Did idea. Everybody else think they were kidding. I, I I don't know if we're ever going to find yeah. out. I mean, you know, we can ask yeah. for Race Porter next week, and I wonder if he'll even be available. <laughs> um, yeah, you ask for Race Porter. I'll ask for uh, Gregory. Uh, well, ask Gregory. for ask for Peyton Henry. 
there we go. So, um, like I said, I was I I had a different angle on it. I was going, what the hell? So, but it didn't come back to bite him in the butt. So all is well. But you know, when you take a look at this game, I think that uh, a lot of Husky fans were really nervous about this game. But what I I think one guy said it best that I was talking on the sideline. He goes. Yeah, BYU just doesn't have the athletes Washington does. You know, when it comes to athleticism, it just wasn't a contest. Washington was loaded with athletes, and BYU wasn't. Yeah, and I I don't know, you know, I don't know how much we want to jump ahead in something like this because we'll be talking about all this stuff this next week. But how? what do you make, Kim and, and Scott, of the fact that Washington takes care of BYU easily in their house yet USC struggles, loses in overtime in the same situation, yet goes back home to L.A. and skunks Utah. I mean, what, what are we supposed to make? Because Utah took care of, of BYU and Provo very easily, too. They had a couple pick sixes and the whole thing. So it almost feels like there's some cannibalism going on here where everyone's just kind of eating each other's lunch. I don't really know what to make of it. Well, yeah. I think we saw yeah. Go ahead, Scott. No, well, I mean, I was, I was just going to say that – the USC-Utah game was kind of fluky in my mind. I, Matt Fink, threw, I mean, God bless him. He came comes in there. He's not the starter, has to go from the third play on. And, um, you know, congratulations to him. He was a kid who was recruited by UW, so I got to know him a little bit in the recruiting process. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. But on the other hand, he threw so many jump balls in that game that if – Utah's guys were even somewhat competent with their ball skills. They go up and pick off at least one or two of those passes, and he throws them up. and He's he's got guys catching him in the middle of of guys, and and I don't know. I just I I saw that as kind of a fluky game. They barely beat Utah. I mean, considering how fluky some of the stuff went, um, I I thought they kind of barely beat Utah. I thought Utah was still the better team on that day, and they didn't even have Zach Moss. And I think today is the first day we saw what Washington's really going to be. I think that offensively they're going to be fine. The bend and break defense, boy, that's going to drive some people nuts. But uh, they've got the one thing you need to win a championship, and uh, not everybody has one, and that's a superstar quarterback. And they sure got one at Jacob Eason. Yeah, and also I was going to say too real quick, Kim, that if anybody got a chance to see Cal's game at Ole Miss earlier this morning, you know, Cal is just not that bad. They're okay. They're gonna. They're they've got a chance to maybe do a little bit of damage. Uh, we'll see what happens if if Garbers continues to improve and that offense continues to improve and they get a little healthier on defense. But I'm telling you right now, it's flu- you know. And Scott, you mentioned fluky to kind of describe the the U- Utah USC game. Can we also say maybe fluky to describe the the California Washington game? I mean, is that is that going to fluky? Well. Well, you could because of the way everything kind of went down with the delay. And look, Cal played in the same conditions Washington did. I'm not saying that 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 you know didn't impact them at all. It just impacted Washington in a different way because their their crowd left. And when when Cal's driving on that last drive, if Washington has let's say 55,000 people in the stands, even though that's 15,000 below capacity, that's still a lot more than 20, what do they have, Fifteen to 20,000 when it happens. So maybe that last drive is a little more difficult for Cal. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I haven't thought, I thought that Cal was a pretty good team anyway, even before they beat Washington, and I still would have thought that, uh, even if Washington had beaten them. 
And, um, you know, Cal, Cal's going to make some noise. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're ready to win the Pac 12 North or go to the championship game or anything like that. But I, I think Cal's going to make some noise this year, especially with Stanford being down a little bit. Oregon State is still what they are. Washington State has an opportunity to make some noise in the Pac 12 North. So uh, it, this looks like a four team race, but it's, it's a few, it's one different team from the Bay Area. Instead of Stanford being up there, I think it's going to be Cal. Well, get ready, Husky fans, because next week I was talking to Jen Cohen a little bit pregame, and she said if Washington won today, there's a really good chance game day will be at Washington next week. So um, the stadium with USC winning this week and Washington winning, stadium should be electric throw game day. It should be a fun event. So, uh, When do we find that out, by the way? Uh, when they announce it. I know. Is that usually on Monday, though, that they announce I it? I don't even know. Okay. Even know. So, it might be, might be Sunday. might be Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the trucks—they got to pack up the truck in Athens, Georgia, and head somewhere. It's a long well, got, trip. For from those what guys. I've been made aware of, it's they've got three trucks. Right. Chris Fetters, final thoughts for the game? Uh, just I thought it was pretty comprehensive win. I thought they did kind of exercise a few of the red zone demons a little bit. Obviously, the one with the fake field goal is something that they're going to have to figure out. But I thought overall they started out really strong. We didn't really talk about it much, but they really put a hurting on BYU to start the third quarter. Washington fans have to be thrilled about that, considering how they've started the second halves the last couple of games. we got to be really happy for Aaron Fuller to get that punt return. I know Chris Peterson was really talking about how you know he was proud of Aaron and, and how they had really been pushing and pushing hard to try to find something in the return game. They finally did that today. And so I think overall, if you're a Washington fan, you've got to be extremely happy about how things went. And I think you've got to be extremely happy about the way things are going to happen going forward. The, the USC game is one of those. Again, if they do have a game day situation and you can have 70,000 people in Husky Stadium and it's an early game, it could be shades of what things used to be. Like when I'm talking about used to be, I'm talking about like Don James used to be. So I, I think people should be... You know, circle the calendar, guys. Just circle the calendar. Get there early on Saturday because I think it could be a special atmosphere. Final thoughts, Scott Eklund. Uh, honestly, very, very impressed with the way the Huskies came out and took care of business today. I was the only one to pick against them uh, this week, and I think what happened was Chris Peterson put my prediction up on uh, their bulletin board and said, let's go make Scott look like an idiot. Uh, just kidding about that. But still, because uh, um, no one has to tell people to make me look like an idiot. But, um, you know, I, I just I was very impressed with the way the Huskies came out, got their got their uh, got this win. And I mean, Jacob Eason is just continuing to impress me on on a daily basis. And, and when I watch him play live, he is he is the real deal. He is probably the most talented quarterback to ever play for Washington. And uh, we'll we'll see if he's going to stay. But he we, the Huskies have eight more games at least with him. Husky fans, if you don't have tickets to the remaining games, get them. Jacob Eason is a special player. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's back next year. Um, he is playing as any good as any quarterback in the country, and right now it's as good as any quarterback play I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, don't wait to get your tickets. Uh, we still got some great games coming up with USC. Oregon is sold out. There may be a few seats left for um, or, um, USC. Utah. Left, but 
that Utah's coming up as well. So some really good games coming up. It's going to be fun. Uh, offensively, Washington looks fine. Offensive line looks fine. Savon Ahmed will return, but I thought it was great getting reps for Sean McGrew as well as Richard Newton. The defense, the bend and break, they've got plenty to look at uh, this next week. So USC is going to be a tough game if you had a chance to watch the Utah game. USC was physical. I mean, they were really, really physical, and they kept on letting uh, Utah know about it which didn't help them in the uh, uh, penalty situation. They were getting a lot of personal foul penalties. So USC coming into Husky Stadium should be a blast. Also, quick note, Mike Hopkins, Will Conroy were here. So it was interesting to see those two. So, And we had the return of sideline Jen. Jen Cohen was on the sideline for the entire game. So it's always fun to see her. She gets pretty wound up and rooting and uh yeah, she has fun. So anyways, um, hey, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Vetter, Scott Eklund. Go dogs. 